Well, do please keep your Bibles open there. If you have them, open at Matthew 13, and we'll uh, have the, most of the passages up on the screen for you as well. As we prepare to uh, look at this part of God's Word, uh, we'll pray. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your Word. We thank you that in your Word, the Bible, uh, you teach us about yourself Teach us all we need to know for salvation from sin and eternal life in your heavenly kingdom. We praise you and thank you for the opportunity to read your word. Together we ask you to help us to understand what we read today and to see how we can be growing as followers of Jesus because of it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Warning messages. Uh, the police have been sending out a pretty strong message lately. I don't know if you've noticed the latest advertising campaign. Uh, pretty strong message about the use of mobile phones when driving. Uh, using your mobile phone while driving, they say, can be as risky as drink driving. Uh, on average, 29 people are killed and 1,284 people are seriously injured every year in Queensland because of crashes where... Uh, one or more drivers were distracted. Uh, and the numbers are probably higher than that because lots of people won't admit <laughs> they crashed because they were distracted. Uh, and what's more distracting than the mobile phone? Uh, so the police and the Queensland government are saying, in your new car, leave your phone alone. That's the slogan. Uh, you can't have your phone in your hand or resting on any part of your body, whether it's turned on or off while you're driving. And if you're caught using your phone while driving, it's four demerit points and a $1,033 fine. Uh, pretty strong warning. Uh, there are new seatbelt seat belt cameras uh, being set up all over Queensland, which can catch people using their phones while driving. Uh, the police are issuing this warning, letting, letting us know that this is what's going to happen. This will be the penalty. And they expect people to listen and respond. And of course, the responses they get will be varied. Uh, many people will hear and respond obediently, if, if only to avoid uh, the, the, the fine or the fear of losing their license. Uh, some people will ignore it. You sometimes see people driving along, uh, chatting away on the phone in hand, blatantly ignoring uh, the, the rules. They don't care. Uh, others will try to heed the warning, but the temptation will just be too great. Uh, in a moment of weakness, they'll reach for their phone. And, and, well, they'll have to ex try to explain that to the police officer when they get pulled over, or worse, when that letter comes in the mail, a uh, photo of them, phone in hand, sitting in the driver's seat. There'll be different responses uh, to this warning about phones and driving. Of course, there's only one uh, right response. Listen and obey. Heed the warning, uh, follow the road rules, and stay out of trouble. Keep yourself safe. Any other response just leads to penalties, demerits, maybe even death. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus issues an important message, a warning. Uh, Jesus talks about the life-changing message of the gospel, and he, he tells the parable of the sower or the parable of the four soils, and Jesus wants people to listen to this message. After telling the parable, he says in verse 9, Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
But many people won't obey the message Jesus is preaching. Uh, there are a variety of responses as people hear the gospel message. There's a, there's a penalty involved for those who fail to obey. And there is just one right response, which is to listen to the king, to follow him. Ultimately, there are two types of people, those who will listen to Jesus and, and those who don't listen to Jesus, those who hear Jesus' teaching and respond with uh, fruitful Christian lives and those who hear but fail to respond with faith and obedience. We see in the parable of the sower uh, that Jesus actually teaches in parables in order to separate the two kinds of people. Uh, teaching in parables, teaching in this parable at least, distinguishes between those who will listen and those who won't. Uh, now on the face of it, the parable of the sower is very simple. Uh, basically a farmer sows seed on four different types of soil. The first three soil types are path, rocky soil and soil full of thorns, unsuitable for seeds to grow. Those seeds don't bear fruit. Uh, the fourth soil, the good soil, is just right for producing growth. So the seeds sprout up and produce a harvest. Uh, now, a parable is often defined as, uh, a lot of people use uh, this definition, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, a uh, kind of allegory with allusions to various spiritual truths. Uh, and that's true uh, to a point of, of many parables. There's certainly... Uh, uh, True to a point of many parables, um, but there's more to be said about the purpose of parables. There's certainly more to be said about the purpose of this parable. Anyone hearing this story would hear a story about a farmer. Uh, on the face of it, Jesus is teaching Agriculture 101 here. Uh, throw your seed on the good soil because that's where it will grow best. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect someone to hear a heavenly meaning there. And judging from the response of the disciples, even they don't immediately glean the heavenly meaning of this earthly story, uh, they have to ask Jesus why he speaks in parables and what the parables mean. And when he explains, we see that the purpose of this parable is partly to hide the truth from those who refuse to listen. Uh, follow along from verse 10 with me. Chapter 13, uh, from verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Jesus speaks in parables here, uh, in part, as, as a form of judgment. His purpose is to keep certain people from understanding and believing. We, we know that Jesus has come to preach good news to the poor, come to announce the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, but here he teaches in such a way that some people will not turn and be forgiven. Particularly, and... and First to hear those who refuse to listen. There's a backstory. Jesus isn't just being mean or exclusive. Uh, in verse 
verses 14 and 15, he quotes Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10. Uh, the prophet Isaiah was given a commission by God. Uh, his commission was to preach a message of judgment to Israel. Uh, he's to dull their minds and close their eyes so that they won't turn and be healed. Uh, verses 14 and 15 of Matthew 13 it is here Jesus quoting this, uh, verses 14 and 15. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see and their, with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Josiah has received a terrible commission to preach a message that closes eyes and deafens ears. And Isaiah, it was to preach this way until God's judgment fell on the people. A terrible message to bring. But the reason Isaiah was to preach judgment is because the people refused to listen to God. This isn't some arbitrary sentence. Uh, the nation of Israel had consistently ignored God. Uh, they knew what God expected of them, but they lived their own way anyway. They continually rejected his commands, rejected his rule, refused to listen. And so God brought his judgment on them. And it's a similar situation here as Jesus teaches. Many in Israel, the leaders... Uh, and many Israelites are in the same position as the nation of Israel in Isaiah's day. They refuse to listen to God. They refuse to hear what he's saying to them. Even though they hear his word regularly, uh, read in the synagogues, they still refuse to really hear it, to listen to God. Uh, we've seen that several times already. Uh, interactions between Jesus and the Pharisees so far in Matthew, back in Chapter 12, uh, last week, the Pharisees, we saw there, committed, uh, committing the unforgivable sin, saying Jesus has the spirit of Satan when they know full well that he must have the spirit of God. They refuse to listen, refuse to hear what Jesus is saying. They should be attributing Jesus' power to God, acknowledging him as the king of God's kingdom. Instead, they put him in league with the very one he's come to overthrow. And so Jesus speaks to them in a way that hides the truth from them. It's not some petty schoolyard game. Jesus isn't saying only, only the cool kids can play, only the inner circle. He's not being mean or elitist or exclusive. No, those on the outside are those who have actively refused to listen to Jesus. It's not that they can't understand. It's, it's not that Jesus hasn't already taught them plainly. The problem is they refuse to listen, they refuse to believe it. Many people, the Pharisees included, have plenty of opportunity to see who Jesus is, to put their faith in him, and yet they refuse. And so you can't really soften uh, what Jesus is saying here. At least one of his reasons for preaching in parables is to harden hearts. He preaches in a way uh, that the truth will be withheld from some to bring God's judgment on those who refuse to listen. And Jesus has already told us that this is how, how God acts. Uh, this is how God 
uh, operates at times. Back in chapter 11, Jesus was lamenting the hard-heartedness of the Jews, those towns who had refused to believe, even though the miracles of the Messiah had been performed amongst them. Uh, And Jesus says this to God, chapter 11, verse 25, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. And then he says this about his own role in revealing the truth, chapter 11, verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And we saw then, as we see now, uh, God's sovereignty in withholding the truth from some, revealing it to others, isn't isn't mean or unfair. It's actually just. Those who are not understanding Jesus at this point are not absolved of responsibility for their sin, and we can't absolve ourselves of responsibility for sin either. If we don't want to listen to Jesus, then the truth will be hidden. But if we do want to listen to Jesus then the truth will be revealed. Now that's the second purpose of preaching in parables, to reveal the truth to those who will listen to Jesus. It's very different for those who want to understand. The, the disciples ask Jesus about the parable. They want to know what the parable of the sower means. They obviously have ears to hear. And so Jesus will give them the meaning of the parable. See what Jesus says in 17. But blessed are you, Uh, Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. At this point, the disciples, they're no different to those on the outside in their understanding. The disciples don't know what the parable means, but they clearly want to listen to Jesus. They want to hear and understand And so Jesus explains it to them. Uh, We're going to have a read through the explanation uh, of the parable. So uh, follow along there with me uh, from verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So each part of the parable is explained uh, in terms of its meaning uh, for the, the kingdom of God. This is specifically about the spreading of God's kingdom. The king of God's kingdom, Jesus, the parable describes four different responses to the word. There's a preacher and there are four different kinds of hearers. At this point, you might, uh, it might be a good thing to ask, well, what's my response 
or uh, what, what, what is the response uh, in the lives of people around me, people, my family and friends? Like the disciples, we're in a very privileged position. Uh, as readers of Matthew's Gospel, we hear both the parable and the explanation. Uh, we have the chance to listen and respond. And so what's your response to hearing the word? What, what responses have you seen to the Gospel? Think about yourself and the others you know as we, as we think about these four soil types. Uh, first soil type, some people uh, really don't seem to respond at all, like seeds sown on a path, the first soil where birds fly in and eat it up. Satan comes in and takes away the word before it has a chance to take root. The gospel is preached, it is heard, but it just doesn't go any further than that. These people don't become followers of Jesus, they don't even really come close uh, or the second type of soil are, are you or people you know like the second type uh, responding with enthusiasm initially they they get a great rush of positive emotion when they they heard the gospel but it's a, a kind of shallow enthusiasm the roots don't go deep enough they ne never develop the foundation of knowledge or maturity they turn and run at the first sign of trouble maybe the first sign of persecution or, or when they find that actually living the Christian life is just too hard and they turn their back on the Christian faith. Perhaps it wasn't quite what they thought was promised. Their faith was shallow and they withered. Have you seen people respond to the gospel like that? What about the third soil? Uh, like the seeds sown among thorns. Do you know people who have heard the good news but found it's been choked out by other things. Their desire to, to live a worldly life, enjoy worldly things, makes them unfruitful as Christians. Maybe the word is still there. You, you still know the gospel and even believe it, but you're so tied up to the job or the family or the mortgage or your retirement plans, so tied to worldly things that don't have time to do anything with the gospel. No strong desire to bear fruit. Or are you like the fourth soil? This is the soil that really stands out from the other three. This is the soil uh, that those who really listen to Jesus are like because this soil responds by bearing fruit. Have you heard the word and are you now bearing fruit as a member of God's kingdom? So it's Jesus says in verse 23, uh, again, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands that this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the correct response to the gospel message. Uh, Jesus wants us to listen to the good news and respond with faith and obedience. It's not the size of the crop that matters. There are three different yields there, 30, 60, 100. What's important is the fact that you're being faithful, being fruitful. Jesus wants us to listen to him and respond in faith. So are you producing a crop as a member of God's kingdom? Are you being fruitful? The right response to the gospel is to listen and obey. Now, sadly, in our experience, for people 
generally, that's not the most common response, certainly not in Australia. And that means that those who have ears to hear have a great responsibility. Those who are willing to listen and who do understand who Jesus is, who believe in him. We have a responsibility to to live a fruitful, God-honouring life, showing the love of Jesus in, in our life and actions, sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Those who follow Jesus should, in turn, become sowers of the word. A good soil produces a crop and will We'll see Jesus command his disciples at the end of the gospel to go out in turn to sow the seed, to make disciples. And from this parable, we know that as we go out and sow, (laughs) we can expect all sorts of responses. As we sow the seed, we we don't know what kind of soil it's falling on. The soil is the people we share the gospel with, and it's not our job to decide which kind of soil they are we can't say to ourselves well look that person will sow the seed with them i think i'll try someone else no simply to be faithful in sowing the seed faithful in sharing the gospel that's a great privilege to have heard and understood the gospel a great privilege to be good soil that produces a crop And as we sow the seed, we should expect this range of responses. Uh, Many among those who hear the message will not listen to it. Many will simply not take it up. Or they'll fall away quickly. It it won't take root. But we ought to persist. We ought to persevere. Uh, And that's hard to do. Uh, When you see, perhaps, friends and family rejecting the gospel, uh, despite your best efforts, when you try and try for years and see no results, that's hard. During the six years that Joe and I were down in Wollongbar, uh, we had friends uh, there who we shared the gospel with, some for, for, for almost the entire six years we were there. And we've kept up with some of those friends since as well and continue to share the gospel with them, to, to continue uh, as best we can to do that. But... Sometimes you get a glimpse of something promising, but it doesn't seem to take. And that is heartbreaking when you pour so much time and energy into people. When you genuinely love people and want to see them saved. As we share the gospel, we should expect people to respond in a variety of ways. Uh, And our job is simply to persevere in sharing, to to persevere in praying for those people. The farmer doesn't stop sowing just because not all the seeds yield a harvest. As those who've understood and believed the gospel, we have this wonderful responsibility. Those who've heard, understood... Uh, all those who've heard the good news about Jesus will be judged later by what they do with their knowledge now. Back in verse 12, Jesus said, Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. People who've heard and understood the gospel have been given a great gift uh, and a great responsibility 
That's a little bit like what Peter Parker was told when he became Spider-Man. I know, another superhero analogy. Can't help myself. Uh, when, when Peter first gets bitten by that radioactive spider and he receives these powers, he's just kind of mucking around. He's, he's just doing what seems fun to him with them. It's all very exciting. Peter's Uncle Ben uh, says some profound words to him. He says, with great power comes great, respons- comes great responsibility. We've heard the gospel. If we know who Jesus is, we've put our faith in him and received the, the, the joy of salvation and the hope of eternal life. Well, we have a, a responsibility to do something with that knowledge, a responsibility to live lives that are full of the love of Jesus, uh, to take that good news that has transformed us and share it around. To pray that the word will take root in those who hear it. We become sowers. And we know that as we live faithful Christian lives, we look forward to a great reward in heaven. On the other hand, those who refuse to listen or do nothing with what they hear, as Jesus says, even what little they have will be taken away. No reward, but instead a punishment in the life to come. So whether you listen and what you do with what you hear is of incredible and eternal significance. As readers of Matthew's Gospel, we can know what the parable means. And what we need to do is listen to Jesus, fall away when the going gets tough, or like those who are distracted by worldly concerns. We need to be those who listen and respond by producing fruit, by being faithful, by being obedient to our Lord Jesus. We We have the privilege of understanding the truth about Jesus. It's right here in front of us. We can read it any time we want. And having had that truth revealed to us, we need to take what we've been given and respond with faithful service to King Jesus. It's far more at stake than four demerit points and a $1,000 fine, the consequence of using your mobile phone while driving, or any other consequence you can nothing in comparison to the consequences of rejecting the gospel. How we respond to this message has eternal consequences for us and for those we share the gospel with. Sometimes that message will fall on deaf ears and that's that's God's sovereignty in, in judging people for sin just as he is sovereign in saving those who have responded with obedience. So let's listen to Jesus. Uh, let's respond by uh, by sharing the gospel as members of his kingdom. And let's pray that he'll be working in the hearts of those who hear it. Let's pray right now. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, <clears throat> pardon me, Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are a loving, a sovereign and all-powerful God. We praise you, Lord, for your love for us, that in your mercy you have sent your son Jesus. That in his life and words we can hear the, uh, the, the truth of the gospel. We can hear the good news of the salvation that you have provided to your people. The salvation from sin, the hope of eternal life which all who trust in Jesus receive. 
praise you and thank you for this, Lord. We pray that as people who have had your word read to us, as we read your word ourselves, as we, as we think and talk and hear about your word, help us to respond with faithfulness and obedience. Help us to respond in a way that is honouring to you to live faithful and fruitful Christian lives. We pray that as we do, we would be relying on you as we do in all things, relying on you to put into effect the words of the gospel, to work in the hearts and lives of those who hear your word, to bring about your purposes, those we share the gospel with might come to believe in your son Jesus. To your glory, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.